Awesome. Well, a big warm welcome to another episode and actually the final episode uh, in this series of podcasts. And I hope you've had as much fun watching it as we've had putting these together. It's just been awesome uh, chatting to a bunch of our team at City Hope Church about different areas uh, that we wanted to highlight. Pray that it's been a blessing for you. Uh, and on this last episode today, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, it's a lot of fun. Uh, we're chatting to two of our dream team. Uh, on my left over here is Sebastian, uh, who is part of our team. He oversees all of our sound at City Hope Church, and it's just been absolutely awesome having you on our team. And so it's going to be fun chatting to you a bit more in this episode. Uh, and then on the side, Jeffrey, uh, who oversees all of our music at City Hope Church. And uh, it's also just been so awesome just uh, watching you grow and lead in that area. And I think one of my favorite things actually about the two of you is the relationship that you have with each other. <laughs> because isn't it true that sometimes in church life, there can be one of the greatest areas of conflict could be potentially between the worship guy and the sound guy. Yeah. Uh, and that that's normally ends in disaster. So I've loved just seeing <laughs> like the natural friendship and relationship that you guys have had. And I think... Um, I think we're really seeing the fruit and the blessing of that, and so it's been awesome. Mm. And so we're going to be chatting today um, specifically around songwriting for your church. And so uh, we we had probably one of my greatest highlights of this year at City Hope Church was a releasing of our first ever Easter single, actually, called Good God. Uh, we need that, good God, uh, you must <laughs> go, go listen to that. Um, it's just so, it, it was so great, and uh, we, we released it in time for Easter this year. And um, so we're going to chat a little bit about uh, the process behind that uh, from a technical point of view, a practical point of view, and, uh, and, and all about how, how we managed to get that out. Yeah. Um, but Jeff, before we start with Good God, um, mm. songwriting in general uh, in churches, yeah. uh, I, I think probably in my experience, all churches seem to aspire to it. Um, and then at the same time, there is such a massive, I, I think that there's not a lack of resource really when it comes to music in churches. There's a lot out there. Mm. Um, but then at the same time, churches do always seem to want to be writing their own stuff. Mm. What's your point of view on uh, writing of worship songs for churches and is it important uh, or do some churches just have a special grace for it and others don't or what do you think of that i think it's a i think it's a cool cool avenue if churches do go into it mm. um like i was just thinking now if a beautiful gift that churches have is our pastors that also preach every sunday and yeah. share a word and I think it's also beautiful if the band puts something together that's not just mm. a song that's sung from other churches. Mm. So the pastor's obviously going to prepare his sermon specifically for the church, what they need to hear. Right. It would be beautiful if a band prepares a song specifically for what the church needs to sing. Totally. And so yeah. I think if you have the gift, if you have the people, if you have the resources and yeah. all of that's above, yeah. I think it would be awesome. Maybe you don't have the gift, resources and stuff. I know we're yeah. going to talk about how you can maybe get there, <laughs> yeah. but I think it's something I think churches can aspire to. It shouldn't be the, maybe the staple, but mm. I know some churches will probably have the goal of like, I want this song to be the biggest song on the radio or something. Sure. It doesn't have to be that. Yeah. It can just be a gift you give to your church, your local mm. church. Mm. And I think that would be a great, great thing to do. Totally, yeah. I suppose it does come down to asking yourself the question, why? Or what is the reason I want to write the song? Is it, mm. is it for it to be a successful song on radio? Or is it to be a successful song 
uh, or because because you, you, you're so right about if you can catch on to like what are we trying to as a pastor of a church what are we trying to communicate to the church and we can put that in song form it just works so well together mm, yeah. the church will really then resonate with that as a kind of a full picture exactly of communication yeah yeah mm. awesome well uh we we're just chatting before we started recording about this uh the single good god yeah uh, and it's one of those songs um i think we sang it last week again and it's one of those songs that just really did catch on very easily for our church. Mm. Um, and so I wanted to chat a little bit about um, the process behind that. I think, um, where did the idea come from? Um, when, when did you first start thinking about, hey, let's have a, a cool Easter single to do? And then uh, the process behind writing that and then kind of getting it to the place of, of releasing it for yeah. Easter. Well, funny enough, it actually came from you guys. You guys put pressure on us to write a song. It wasn't, yeah, it wasn't like, oh, I'm inspired. Yes. <laughs> no, but it was, uh, I did like have an idea for it in December. I told Duncan, I'm like, I think I've got something. But um, having the pressure from you guys did help us actually like, we should probably now write the song. <laughs> we should probably put this together. So okay. I just had the, uh, we, we've been as a church going through this period where we're like we actually want to sing songs mm. just about god how good he is how faithful he mm. is just about his character mm. and a lot of songs that do sometimes come out are about me focused and so i was just like i just want to mm. put make a song that's about how good god is mm. simple as that and then um i just had some chord ideas some melody ideas and then that's kind of how it started like in december yeah. and then as soon as the deadline was put then it was time <laughs> to to start actually Yes. finalizing my idea yeah yeah and um seb i think so seb's just awesome because not only are you a sound engineer but you're also a musician and i think that's so helpful for a sound uh, person to have an understanding of musicality as well so that's a great blessing to us uh, but one of the things that i loved what you said with this song when we're busy with it is a person's never really happy and you'll always be, be trying to perfect it a bit more, a bit more, a bit more. But you said you need to have a deadline at some mm. point, right? So tell us a bit more about um, how, how, how does that work in the recording process? When do you know, like, okay, we've just got to end this now and go for it? I think uh, one of the ways to actually know when to end is to understand what the objectives are. Mm. And then obviously there has to be a deadline, so based on the deadline, you kind of reverse engineer it. Okay. And then obviously you'd speak to the person who's the composer, songwriter, mm. in this case, Jeffrey. Yeah. Did a great job with great the writing, job. by yeah. the way. Great job. <laughs> yeah. And then also uh, getting, I think, a better understanding of what the vision for the song was. Mm. Mm. And that's how we were able to kind of structure who was going to be a part of the music side, who were, who were going to do the vocals. Then we had to chat about mix engineers, mastering engineers, and then also finding out the schedules of each one of those people involved in the project mm, yeah. <laughs> to know if they could commit to it you know, and yeah. be a part of it. Right. Yeah, so I think it's just kind of those finer details that sure. helps you, yes. you know, to, to get to the end result. And I think also... Um, just in terms of perfecting the song, mm. I don't know if I've ever worked on a project where I can tell you that it was perfected. Okay. So, yeah. 
It will never really be. Never. <laughs> it will never really never. be. Especially for a creative yeah. person, right? Yeah. 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 I've seen people working on song, like a song for years. <laughs> yeah. And just put it out there. Just put it out yeah. there. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And Jeff, um, speaking then into just the practicalities specifically around that song, we'll talk just more general songwriting stuff mm. in a moment. But uh, like with this song, um, how did you decide? Because oftentimes you sit with, a huge team. Um, so you've got actually a huge team of musicians and singers at uh, City Hope. Yeah. Um, how do you decide then who to use, uh, who do you draw on, uh, and then even how did you decide to draw on some external people to help as well? Yeah. So so funny enough, uh, I'm trying two strategies. So the this first strategy is what we did for this single, and we actually just implemented like two weeks ago the second strategy. Okay. So the first strategy was we had limited time i think we had three weeks four weeks mm. like how many how many weeks do we have to <laughs> it was more like 10 days it was, <laughs> because also easter is a really hard deadline it was going to happen yeah. on that day yeah, yeah. so yeah. so we were tight and if we had a big team we were going to spend so long so mm. just i i just said let's just keep it with seb and myself just okay. to I, so and we naturally took these positions and we later on discussed i took the composer role Seb okay. took the producer role yes and then from there so i just wrote and then i was like Seb, it's on you now let's mm. let's see what we can do mm. awesome. um, but having that and a small team dynamic was a little easier for a tighter deadline so maybe okay. if you're a church that has a very tight deadline mm. maybe keep the team small mm-hmm. If unless you guys all work together really well and you know how to push out a project in like a week or two and you guys do this all the time, then I guess. Yeah. Yeah. But then um, this other strategy we're doing, we're actually writing another song okay. and we've already written it. Um, I didn't tell you about it as well. Mm. <laughs> so Things we've, I'm finding out tonight. We've already written it. Um, and so um, what, we, what I did is I just sent a message to our group and I just said, who's keen to write the song? Mm. And people put their hands up. And some people are like, I'm actually just not a songwriter. Mm-hmm. Naturally, we just got out of the team the best songwriters that were keen. There were oh. some that weren't available. And then people that put hands up wrote a very beautiful song. Yeah. Um, it's called It Is Finished. It'll be coming soon. Mm-hmm. Ah. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but that, that, that's the strategy. So if you've got more time, you can work with a little bit of a bigger team. Yeah. And what I'm trying to do is actually work with our team to start just getting into a routine of how to write as a team yes. instead of just me writing because I don't want mm. that. Because then if I just write and compose, mm. then it's going to be my genre that I like. Okay, yes. And so having the different voices can kind of put together totally, yeah. what the city sound is. Yeah. So, yeah. That is awesome. I'm so excited. Yeah. We'll, yeah. we'll have to do another podcast when we get that song out <laughs> yeah, and yeah, yeah. <laughs> find out all about it. Yeah. Awesome. And so um, when, you, when you started working with Good God um, – you obviously started with a rough skeleton of the song. Yeah. Um, and then did you find it evolved much from that original skeleton? Yeah. So I know it's not everyone's position. I do. I'm fortunate that I can play piano and produce a little bit. Mm-hmm. So what I did was I just recorded basically the idea that I was thinking. I used the specific sounds that I was thinking. Like I wanted the synths to sound like this. Mm-hmm. Um, and the drums, so I recorded the drums as well just to record the, the idea. And that was my skeleton. It was quite a fleshed out skeleton. Okay. But <laughs> I know that most guys will just have a guitar and then they'll just play mm-hmm. the chords or whatever. But mm-hmm. I think it's normally helpful to have 
that mm. and then once you hand it over to the producer or maybe you are the producer but you hand it over to the producer it's a lot easier to for yes. them to be like oh, okay now i see it's missing so seb came on and added 80 percent of what's already there okay and, and added the vision to what's there i just yeah just gave the skeleton and then yeah yeah and so step taken from there um you need to get into the process of recording all the elements um and how did that work out is it a case of you recording all elements separately or in the case of the song because we were tight on time what was the process behind that so i think based on the fact that we didn't have the luxury of time mm. we had to like um first discuss who were the vocalists we were going to use yep. on the track and in this instance it was Kim and Sivu. Yes. So the first thing to do apart from looking at their availability we had to settle on a key signature yeah. that would work okay, for yes. both, both of them. Yeah. Cuz I actually wrote it in my my register because <laughs> yeah. I was singing it and then I'm like this is too low for them. Right, yeah. Yeah, yeah so and also speaking uh, to Jeff you know trying to get into his head mm-hmm. trying to understand from a musical perspective mm. from uh, a melody perspective what was the vision you know and then based on that um obviously we mapped out the song mm-hmm. based on that and i think the last thing we did was when we got kim into the first pre-production session was to find out what was the comfortable key right and then yeah that was kind of you know the foundation in terms mm-hmm. of building the song mm. yeah And then from there um you obviously add all the different elements as you go mm. the importance of the mixing and the mastering i think that's a big passion point for you as well yeah absolutely yeah. um mm-hmm. so purely from like let's say a production perspective mm. um it's nice to kind of have an idea of who the potential mix mm. engineers would be okay and mastering engineers mm. because it's it's almost as if um based on what the the feel the vibe mm. of the song is mm-hmm. you can kind of envision you know who would be the guys you would want on mm. the project mm. so yeah um even as far as mastering as far as mastering sure. mm. okay. because um these guys are almost like artists in their own right and yeah. you know they there's like unique things about mm. what they do mm. and how they approach things. Mm. So based on the vision that Jeff obviously put forth, so now you have to try and figure out, you know, what are the pieces of the puzzle. Sure. Yeah. That's And one of the um things that I think is so cool that you speak about is now for us we want to make the song as singable as possible for the congregation. And so you mm. just got a whole bunch of people there the majority of whom are not professional singers <laughs> or mm. musicians but they want to be able to grasp a song easily in a time of worship. Um and you spoke about taking the lyrics of of good god mm. and there were some really good tips that you had in just in terms of some of the changes we made to the lyrics to make it like really singable mm. for the average person in church. Yeah. Okay, so firstly I want to say in no means am I a songwriter. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said to Jeff um So the message in the song is really good. Um the melody yes. was really good. But what could we do maybe to simplify it a little bit without mm. changing the message just okay. so that it's a little bit more congregational friendly. And it's not to say that with what Jeff already had that yeah. it wasn't congregational friendly. Yes. But what could we tweak a little bit just yeah. to make it that much mm. easier? Um 
Do you yeah. want to maybe give yeah, us some yeah. insight you, on that? You actually, yeah. like, like for example, I didn't have a pre-chorus, which is, the, I can't remember now, it's gone in my head, but you added the pre-chorus and then we sure. wrote that out. Okay. Um, and we wrote it in a nice melody. And he, I actually, we wrote, I wrote the, we did the bridge and funny enough, Kim was coming the next day to record the pre-production and I had no lyrics for the bridge. No way. And I said, Seb, I don't know what to write in this bridge. <laughs> and he was like, try this melody. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, he, he played it out on the piano. Da, 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 da. And I'm like, this is really cool. So I was walking and then, <laughs> then the lyrics came eventually. Yeah. But like those kind of stuff. And he intentionally chose it. It's a musical term, if I'm correct, it was a pentatonic yes. playing. Okay. And it's very easy and catchy to sing along to. Right, yeah. so normal for, uh, human ear can catch a lot mm-hmm. easier. So that those little things, mm-hmm. like being intentional with like the melody styles that you use, yeah, um, was very important. Yeah. So that's what we did. That is so good. Mm. Okay, to settle the argument, is the bridge the most important part of a song? <laughs> it comes last, but is it the most important part? Is is a song a song without a bridge? Deep. I think you want to I take think, this one first. I think I think in 2023, yeah. <laughs> for what? for most contemporary Christian music, yeah, yeah, yes. it's, it's pretty important. Yes. Like, <laughs> would you agree, Seb? So I think there's a lot of debate of what a bridge actually is, because <laughs> can't a pre-chorus also be seen as a bridge sometimes? Yeah, yeah. So I would say it's important, I think you, you touched on this earlier, for mm. a song to have a hook. Mm. Right. So the hook could be the chorus mm. or it could be the bridge. The bridge mm. yeah. So it, it just depends. Okay. On, yeah. yeah. That's super important. And so maybe we can chat a little bit then just about general songwriting. And so maybe you're someone in the church or you'd love to, to get going with songwriting in your church. Mm. Um, so the importance of that is like finding that hook. Mm. How else would you describe it? It's, it's, it's almost just like... It's the part of the song that people see as as catchy and memorable, right? Yeah. 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 How do you do that? <laughs> Does anybody know? It's <laughs> a great question. Yeah. I think sometimes um, what I'll find is, and don't, I'm not perfect. This, I'm not. I'm not a songwriter. <laughs> yeah. Like, like I'm Like this was one of the first few ones that yeah. I've written. I've written my own stuff, but mm. I think what often what you want to do is when you're writing a Christian song, you want it to be heavily rooted in truth. Mm. But sometimes when some things are so heavily rooted in truth, mm. it's become so wordy and then you sing right. stanzas and, and maybe if that's, maybe that's your goal, you yeah. want to write a hymn or something. Yeah, yeah. I think then that's awesome. But mm-hmm. if you want to write a singable song, mm-hmm. then I guess you got to find a way to take that theology. Don't dumb it down. Don't, don't make sure. it heresy. Keep yeah, it sure. truth. Yeah. But now write in a way that can be sung. Right. And so I guess it just comes from listening to music mm. and hearing what other melodies ideas are there and like the reality is there's nothing new under the sun <laughs> so <laughs> sometimes yep. you'll you'll hear one melody here one melody here and one melody here yeah marry them together and mm. there's your song <laughs> and everyone wants to go after Ed Sheeran for like, copying their song but guys King Solomon said there's nothing new under the sun exactly. there's only that many chords out there <laughs> but that's my advice I'm not I'm not perfect at songwriting for sure. so, but that's how yeah. And um, other things uh, when when writing. So um, you mentioned expanding your sort of your knowledge or understanding around things like chords and lyrics and things like that. So. Yes. Yeah. No. It's it's game changing. Maybe Seb can even add on to that. Mm. Like 
because uh, he's even been showing me a lot of chords. Like since he came on, my my playing has sure. changed a lot drastically. Oh wow! See, yeah, it's been a super super <laughs> helpful. Um, but like a song I written I wrote like two years ago is completely different. Mm. Maybe not lyrically, but the way I saw the song. So from writing out the chord progression and how the chord progression can make someone feel. Sure. How the melody can make someone feel. Sure. I'm not considering that when I didn't because wow. I didn't really have too much of knowledge. But mm. Seb can like explain more on like actually how that looks. Mm. He's the chords guy. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let us know. <laughs> yeah. So I think as um, aspiring musicians, singers, songwriters, mm. um, producers, I think it's always important to. To check out other music, all right, um, yeah, and there's like a lot, uh, there's a lot, a lot of resources out there now, mm. you know, online, and also networking with mm. other musicians, other singers, yeah, you can actually sure. learn a lot by, yes. and, and especially collaborating. Sure, there's sure. a lot. Like I can tell you, um, this project that we did, Good God, I've also learned a mm. lot from it. You know, mm. being a part of the project, and. Um, we also had to do some unconventional things regarding okay. the actual recording. Okay. But I mean, like, um, it's nice to experiment. Totally. Yeah. And yeah. I think, you know, collaborating and, again, listening to mm-hmm. the people that you look up to, it it pushes you and it challenges you to try new yeah. things, different things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're constantly being creative. You, you're not just like same old stock standard basics it's always something new that we can add learn continue to grow in correct and then i suppose um when you're thinking of a song to write um you're going to want to think around like is this a um ccm vibe or is this a gospel vibe whatever you need to be thinking around that Mm. before you even start the process yeah um it depends on your church big the big side because you can maybe you have like all of a sudden your church has johannesburg's best musicians yeah and they can play all sorts of crazy cool stuff but then your church is of a certain skin tone and they can't sing yeah. a certain way <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. or they struggle to sing a certain way they can't figure out when to clap exactly or, yeah. <laughs> so you got to be cognizant of your, your church and that's why mm. I, I wrote a point that on obviously you write songs for your church mm. and that it does involve the music as well because mm. if it's too crazy and flashy or if the church can't handle it mm. then i guess it's you're not writing for your church you're just mm. writing for yourselves mm. so just find that find that line Totally. Mm. And I think that's what's been really exciting for me over the course of these last four years mm. um, is really um, what we often speak about is finding the sound of our church. Yeah. And so it's so easy to to take songs and there's such a great resource of songs and worship songs out there. Mm. Um, but I would say it's a really important thing for every church to get to that place to say, what does our church sound like? Yeah. Mm. Um, and that doesn't necessarily have to mean we write in our own stuff, but we're, we're adapted and we're playing with stuff. And mm. I think you've been brilliant with that. You can take something straight from Elevation, but you can adapt it in such a way that it works for what we want to sound like and what mm. we think we, we should sound like um, has been, has been a, a really good thing as well. Um, because, yes, at the end of the day, you're writing it for your church to be able to worship to. Mm. And so you, you want to keep them in mind. And at the same time, keep stretching everyone around you. Right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's been awesome. Awesome. And then uh, communication. So 
this is always a big one. I mean, uh, communication, communication, communication. Um, so when it comes to writing a song mm. um, and getting a song to the point of being written to being released, uh, what would you say around uh, tips around communication between all the players in the team? Either of you can jump into this one. That should be you. <laughs> you are much better. I was. I was. I'm. I'm like. I'm like the typical artist. I'm clumsy and all over the place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, Seb was like, hey, Jeff, bro, remember we have to... Da, 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 da. Yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. So I would say in line with the communication is mm. maybe understanding the different phases of the project. Mm. So the first phase would obviously be like somebody like Jeff writing yes. the song, composing it. Yeah. Mm. And then uh, I know some people call the next phase pre-production mm-hmm. or doing a demo track. Mm-hmm. So that's where you'd map out the song. Mm. And then like what we did, we figured out what the comfortable key for the singer is or the singers. Mm. And then once you've got that pre-production or demo done, mm. then you can decide, okay, based on everybody's schedules, what are you going to record? Mm. And to take it a step further, in some instances, maybe to get out the best from the vocalist, Mm. you'd need the entire musical track done Mm. just to help with energy, maybe confidence. Mm. But then again, I think if you know the the singers and the musicians well enough, Mm. maybe you don't necessarily Mm. need the entire track. So in this instance, when we got to the next phase, which was the recording phase, Mm -hmm. we, we tracked all of the... Guitars, thanks to Mr. Raymond Green, who assisted yes, us yeah. with that. Yeah. And then um, between Jeff and I, we did the keys. Mm-hmm. We did the, the Rhodes, the organ, the synths. And then we did the bass. And then we did all of the vocals, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, and then mm. the drums right after. The we, drum, had, we had yes. my like recording of the drums, which was just purely there for the vibe, the feel. The feel, because right. oh, yeah. uh, I, I knew the singers were probably going to give us a little bit more, like Seb said, yeah. more right. energy once they hear yeah. the drums. Yeah. Then we only have time to properly finish recording yeah. the drums once we finish everything else. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So generally, um, the third phase is, as I mentioned, you know, getting all the vocals and the instruments mm. and some of the electronic stuff recorded. Mm. Um, and then you go on to the fourth phase is where you edit the project. Okay. But this time around, because there was a delay with the drum recording, mm-hmm. we decided to do all of the editing and um, then we recorded right. the drums. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's like a standard process, but mm-hmm. it was just based on the person that yeah. we used on drums, you know, av- yeah. availability. Yeah. 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 So, um, so that, that would be the fourth phase, editing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I just want to touch on that a, a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, in some instances, you'll find maybe the songwriter or the producer, whoever's working on the project, they tend to give the project to the mix engineer, which is in the next phase, but unedited or maybe not fully edited. You can actually be working against yourself there Mm. because the mix guy is now going to um, guess what is the edited version of Mm. the song supposed to sound like. Mm. So I would say like uh, we were very, very intentional about how we wanted the final edit to, to sound. Right, yeah. So that when the mix engineer got it, he didn't have to do any editing. Okay. Basically, um, he said to me it was like the song just like guided him on how to mix. Right, mm-hmm. yes. Okay. Which is what you mm-hmm. want. Okay. 
Oh, that's and helpful. And then the last phase would be the mastering. Right. Yeah. So that's like um, essentially it's getting the song loud enough so that it's more or less equal to the other songs out in the world. So mm-hmm. that's like on radio. Sure. Or like now we use platforms like Apple Music, Spotify, Deezer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. So the mastering just takes the entire track and um, makes it loud enough to compete with the other tracks. So There's like a benchmark of, of the music. Yes. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's kind of like, okay. yeah, that's six, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Six phases? Yeah. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And then the last one is, and, and I think sometimes when you're uh, a creative and a musician and a, what, an artist, um, you often tend to shy away from promoting what you've put out. Yes. Um, well, I've noticed that with a lot of creatives. Mm. Um, but, you know, when you've, when you've written a song for the intention of the church to sing it, you really need to be putting it out there for them mm. to, to easily grab a hold of. Mm. Um, and so I think that's been something really good as well, like just making sure it's it's on our set lists for Sundays. We're singing it often. Mm. Um, Jeff, you even had ideas of like can't you get it into uh, our, our small groups in the weeks for people to be able to like just sing in, yeah. in their group settings and things like that. Mm. Um, but would you say that's uh, would you would you say that's a, a difficult aspect for a for an artist to kind of uh, to push? It's it's uh, uncomfortable. Yeah, it's it's like you have to be vulnerable because sometimes. It depends what your motive is, obviously. Yeah. If you're a church that just wants to write for your church and just push for the church and, and obviously you want everyone mm. to be able to sing it so that when mm. it, Sunday comes and you have it on the set, mm. no one needs to just be staring at the screen. You can now close your eyes and worship. Yeah. Um, which would be cool. Yeah. And then you do also have some churches that are a little bit larger in resources and reach and so then mm. they can write a song that's not just written for their church, it's not written for churches yes. as well. Um, but it is a vulnerable thing because sometimes if your goal is to then reach further than your church, what if it doesn't? Yeah, and you're sure, like, yeah. oh man, it's, it's taking a long time. Yeah. Um, and then you kind of lose motivation and you stop. Mm. And, but uh, you, you yes. actually should carry on, keep going. Yeah. Because you never know if in six months, all of a sudden it starts getting listened even more. Yeah. And then the goal should always be if someone's heart is changed or someone's life is changed from For listening sure. to it. I yeah. think that's very important. For sure. Um, but if you're obviously a motive is also just to get more reach because mm. sometimes it can be a profitable way for your church as well. You can write songs and from the streams make cash back yeah. or yeah. from radio plays make cash back. Mm. And then it can be a nice revenue stream for your sure. church or ministry. So now you can use that money to buy more gear for yeah. the stage, yeah, which sure. would be very nice. <laughs> <laughs> Sips like, oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, it, it's you just have to keep doing it. Um, you, yeah. have to, you have to keep promoting it. Um, most guys have a six-month to 12-month plan, and then the only reason why they stop is because they've released a new song. Mm. And so that, that should be your goal, carry on pre- releasing, carry, uh, carry on promoting the song. Mm. Until everyone doesn't want to hear it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, a huge part of our heart is for uh, the stuff that we write and certainly a good God to be a resource and a blessing to other churches. And we'll link to that lyric video in the show notes, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and we'd love you. And then also at uh, our resource page on our website, so at cityhope.joburg slash resources. Uh, you'll find all the chord charts and the lyric video and the song itself and all of that is available for you uh, to download from there. So we'd love for you to go ahead and use it. We think it will be a blessing to you. Um, and then we're looking forward to a new one. It yeah. is finished. So we'll yeah. Yeah, definitely let everyone know about that. Come on. 
But thank you so much to the two of you. Uh, you both are just such a, a great blessing to us and our team. And thank you for all the incredible uh, work and time and the heart that you sow into the life of our church. Uh, and I believe a blessing to other churches as well. And so thank you for being with me here tonight, uh, chatting all things songwriting. Uh, and that's the end. That's the end of this podcast series. I just think it's been uh, such a fun time and I uh, pray that it's been a great blessing to you. Thanks for joining us for the series. Please go and rewatch and share as far as and, and, and as wide as, as you can. We'd love for many people to be blessed by this. Uh, but otherwise, we'll see you uh, on another podcast another time. God bless.